Hi there, everybody. It is Garen and Jordan. We are talking through identity series number five of six. So we're almost uh, we're almost through this thing. Man, almost done. Garen, yeah. nearly done. And you talked about struggles and limitations and weakness, um, which is something that we all feel, and about why we shouldn't push back on that, but embrace that. And I got to tell you, Garen, I have a bone to pick just from the jump, okay? So I'm going to push back on something because pretty early on yesterday, you were talking about 2 Corinthians 11 and 12 and how in both of those verses or in both those chapters, Paul says that he boasts in his weakness. And then you said that he delights in his weakness. And I'm sitting here in my seat going, you know, that's great for Paul because he's Paul. And I bet he can delight in his weakness. But I think about my busy schedule and I think about the busy schedule of my friends and how tired they are sometimes. And I'm like, there's just no way that I'm supposed to actually delight in my weakness. That's ludicrous. So I'm going to push back on that, Garen. And I want to know how and why should I not feel that way? Because that feels pretty natural to me. Yeah, because I think first I would say that is a demonstration that he is living a truly free life that he's not living with the daily frustration of his limitations and weaknesses, which a lot of us struggle with because we don't feel like we have enough time and enough energy and enough resources. And so what, why that's kind of attractive to me is like, I want that freedom. And when I was talking with my friend, that's kind of what we came to is like, how can we get that? And what's at the root? Like what's under that? Why is it so hard? What's the barrier, the thing that's keeping me from being able to say that? Because neither of us could say that at all. Our weaknesses frustrated us, and we struggled with them and cursed them, you know. I wish I had more time. I wish there were more days in the week, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And that's why the Genesis 3 to me was so important, because that to me is the root of why we struggle with it so much. Yeah, and you talked about how in Genesis 1, God says, let us make man in our likeness, and our image. And then in Genesis 3, Satan comes to the man and, and the woman, and he says, oh, if you do this, you will be like God. And that was that was so really sly, wasn't it? It was really sly. And you mentioned, you said it that he got them off of their received identity, and he got them to buy into an achieved identity. And I have never ever looked at it that way, but that's exactly what he did. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like he totally convinced them they didn't possess something that they did in their like in their creation. That was it was so important. It's the one thing that it talks about in Genesis one. But since weakness and limitation are just part of the fall of man. Why is it not right for me to be angry about it? Like, we can be angry at sin. We can be angry at the effects of the fall. Why can't I be angry or frustrated with my weakness and with my limitation? Yeah, because before they were tempted, they were it was, their life was full of shalom. The garden was perfect because they were content being a creature. And he, what he drew out of them is like, man, you could be so much more. Uh, you could be the one that's got all power, all knowledge, yeah. all everything. And that, that what that created in them was this sense of like, yeah, I'm, I don't like being less than that. And I want to become godlike and I'm done being a creature. But they had never thought that before he came and brought the temptation. So he got them to shift from creation to creature. And that's the same thing that we struggle with when we despise our weakness and limitation. I don't want to live within the bounds of my life. I want to be yeah, more than that. I want to be more. And God's, that's the next step up. Right. Is being godlike. And that's the thing Man. deeply we want is to be godlike. Yeah. I'm not happy being a creature because it means I'm limited. Yeah. 
you know, whose fault is that? That's kind of what Satan's like, you know. He, if we would have pushed on, he's like, he was trying to imply he's keeping stuff from you. Like, man, I could be godlike, you know. Huh. Who's who's the one keeping me limited? Oh, it's God. He designed me that way. I'm going to so push back on that too. You say it goes from human being straight to God. I'm going to say there's this middle state where I like to call the Cooper Cup state, where you know he's better. He's the he's the MVP of the Super Bowl, so he's better than everyone else, but he's still a human. But it's like this. He's kind of Herculean. He's not, of. yeah, he's not quite a deity, but he's definitely better than everyone else yeah. at, at football. So definitely, I would, I'd put him. But up there. he's content being a creature. Yeah, he's content. So yeah, he's got his identity squared away. His now. foundational and unique, is that what they're called? Uh huh. Both those identities firmly in Jesus. Tied to Jesus. That's cool. Just like all the Chiefs players too. I'm sure. <laughs> hey, okay, Garen, you also took us on a path. You took us um, on to Garen's path of embracing weakness. And this is something you kind of walked as you learned to embrace your weaknesses and your limitations. And so there's three parts. The first was two great confessions from Mark 8, that you are Messiah, and from Acts 14, that we are merely men. So basically acknowledging that God is God and that we are not, yep. and we can't do it all. Yep. That was really freeing for me, thinking about leaving room for the Holy Spirit to accomplish things and not like I have to do it all. Yeah. The day that light went on in my brain was like, oh, I can enjoy being a follower of Jesus, and I don't have to stress and worry about every little thing because I'm not God. Yep, right, because you're not God. And that really ties in, we can get to in a minute, the whole dependence and the power is that then when I reach that level of dependence, when I realize and I live that way and I'm seeking His power, then He can do more through me. But when I'm fighting against it, controlling things, then it's just me and my power, and that's never good. Hmm. Yeah, that's well said. The next thing was uh, that you started finding God more beautiful, that he was all-sufficient and satisfying. And then you said something kind of scandalous on the stage yesterday, man. Yeah. You said that Jesus was crucified in weakness. Yeah. And what? was just, yeah, and How was just quoting Paul. So but you didn't say that Paul said no, that. No, Paul You're... said that, but that actually came up in our triad. One of the guys, when going through Christians, like, How, like, what? How can you say that? Jesus is God. He's not weak. And we got to talk through what that meant that, you know, in that kenosis, he, he self-limited himself. He, he put on human limitations and, and he took the place of weakness by allowing, you know, by allowing himself to be crucified. And yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy that God was willing to become weak so I could become strong. That's really, even that whole likeness, I just love that in Philippians, how he takes that likeness, that twist of likeness. So we're created in the likeness of God. Jesus takes on the likeness of humanity. Like, how he's willing to just become, to do the opposite of what happened in Genesis out of his love for us and his desire to save us. Hmm. What is that reference? It says, Jesus, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, step, I forget the rest of it, but yeah. basically stepped down to become a servant, right? Yeah, Philippians 2, became nothing. Oh, became, is that yeah. what you were just referencing? Uh -huh. He became nothing. Oh, yeah. It's the kenosis. Ken, yeah. Oh, the that's the kenosis verse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 2, 6 to yeah. 8. Yeah, he became right nothing. So he, he gave up, he purposely gave up privileges and prerogatives of, of divinity. Right. He didn't give up the essence of divinity, but he gave up omniscience, omnipotence. Yeah, he gave up so many it. things. So without knowing what Philippians 2, 6, 3, 8 really was, I thought of that verse and thought, wow, that really means that when he stepped down... I mean, in, in your mind, it's like, oh, he stepped down from heaven. He doesn't get to have angels attending him. Yeah, right. He doesn't get to be in heaven anymore. But he comes to earth and he's still the same guy, right? Well, yes and no. I mean, he put on a lot of limitations that yes. he had never felt before. Yeah. And uh, was limited in a lot of ways. That we're and even about. he, Luke's really clear, the Gospels. He was dependent on the Holy Spirit, that anytime he did yes, miracles, right. it was the Spirit. So he really took on 
my level of limitation. Yeah, and you see it. I don't remember where it is. You're learning how bad I am with Bible reference, but when he came to a town and there was no faith, and so he couldn't, right? He yeah. couldn't do anything. I, I forget where that is, but yeah, you, sometimes you read that verse, and if, and if in your brain Jesus can never be weak and he's always strong, that verse makes no sense yeah, to you. Right. You're like, what, what does that mean? He yeah. couldn't do it. So, yeah, he was crucified in weakness. And so, therefore, gospel has weakness at the center. Yep. Which and, is really And so cool if I idea. find the gospel beautiful, that story of him coming to save me and weakness is at the center, then maybe I can start... He's my, he becomes my model that maybe I can embrace weakness because mm-hmm. Jesus did. And as we're going to talk in a minute, Paul did. But if Jesus did it, if he embraced it, and he's my, he's my model, he's the one I follow, then with his help... That's why I think it's so great in Hebrews. It says that he's able to give help because he experienced our weaknesses just yes, like us. in so every way, yeah. That he, I can access him for help with my struggles, with my limitations. Right, because Jesus never asked us to do something that he didn't himself do, right? And that includes embracing limitation yep. and glorifying God through it. The last step, step number three on your path to embracing weakness was finding beauty in it, and this is really where the purpose of it becomes evident. Yeah, and that's where, like, this stuff with Paul, like, because I remember when we, he and I had that conversation in Colorado, like, delight, like, really? How do you how do you really do that? Because we didn't feel like we did. And then as we talked, that's where we just kind of dug in that passage, and we're like, wow, we kind of found... We, we started thinking, because Paul knew there was purpose to limitation, that God didn't just do that randomly, but when he created creatures, even in Adam and Eve, and gave them limitations, that was a gift, not a prison. I'd said that early in the sermon. I had seen it as a prison. It was actually a gift and that they have purposes to them. And when we kind of started digging in that passage, I'm like, wow, look at the purposes for for weakness, you know, that it helps me to learn dependence on him, that his power then can work through me and that and that I can show him off. Um, that that I'm like, wow, there's like there's purpose in that. And when, you know, when I get a sense of a purpose for something, everybody, when you get the why, yeah. It's easier to step into it. That's where it started to make sense for me because, I mean, I was hearing you until then, but when you started to talk about the purpose of finding beauty and weakness and submitting to it and giving it to Jesus, that's when I started to understand, okay, like there's a real reason that I'm supposed to live within this. Before it was just like, Garen says so, God says so. But when you see the purpose behind it, that it actually shows off God's glory, that it makes you lean into Him more. Um, That's when I was like, okay, I can get behind this and actually start to really try to do it. Right. Because you find it useful. Yep. You uh, you had a little like axiom, a little quip in there, Garen, that I think Chick Fil A is going to steal if they get their hands. Yeah, on and it, I man. I just realized when you told me, I didn't even know I said it that way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna copyright that thing yeah. today. Copyright it. Uh, so nobody steals. So I this. get all the money that comes from people that use that. But you said it's my pleasure to show off the treasure. <laughs> that sounds like a thing I would hear in the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A. That's a Rick Warrenism. Rick Warren always has these little cute sentences, you know. I'm like, wow, I, I had one Rick Warren in my life. It's my pleasure to show off the treasure. So if you need to remember that, it is my pleasure to show off the treasure, meaning I delight in my weakness because it shows off God's strength in, yeah. in me, right? Yeah. And my focus was so much on the me being a weak vessel, I lost sight of the treasure, and suddenly it's like, no, if I focus on Him, then I can rejoice and delight in my weakness because he, because the treasure gets the focus and not me. Yeah, so my pleasure becomes showing off the treasure. It's my pleasure to show off the treasure. You, you said it better than I did. You also had an illustration that I thought was like one of the best ones you've ever had. It, it really brought it home for me. The Kintsugi art. Did I say that right? Kintsugi? Kintsugi. Uh-huh. Kintsugi, yeah. 
the pottery that's been broken and then as it's put back together, it's like laced with gold or something and it, it becomes really beautiful. The cracks like accentuate yeah. the color. It's really pretty. And it just, it's this uh, demonstration of what we think of as a barrier to mission is actually enhancing mission. Yeah. And so we view our brokenness and our weakness and our limitation in an ugly way, but when submitted to God, he makes it something beautiful. And that Kintsugi art showed it off so well. And I, when you did that, I was like, whoa, okay, I really get it. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And that was powerful for me because I was, before that, I really was struggling. I mean, you and I talked beforehand. I am very driven by mission and that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And I, I was just getting the point that I felt like my limitations were keeping me from doing the mission God called me to. So I was so frustrated. And then realizing that actually when I'm dependent on him and his power works through me and he's shown off, that that actually, rather than being a hindrance to mission, that actually enhances the mission because it's more, it's more about him. And yeah, that's why I love that Kintsugi stuff. I have one in my office um, just since then as a reminder of, of that reality that, that he can shine through those cracks and the broken places and the limitations. So I th if I'm hearing you right, when you struggle to do it all yourself, it's because you feel great um, obligation, obligation is not the right word, but like an obligation to the mission, like the mission must be accomplished, I must move the ball downfield. For me, I think it's more of like, it's uglier than yours, but I think it's distrusting the Holy Spirit because you said, we've got to leave room for the Holy Spirit to work. We're not God. He is. And so often I'm like, if I can have control at every step of the way, then I can get this person saved. Then I can get this person discipled. Then I can move them yeah. closer to God. And it's like, man, Jordan, that is so not your job. Yeah. Um, but I'm like such a control freak that I want it to be sometimes. So I think we all maybe have different reasons for it, but um, yeah, we all feel this in some way probably. Yep, and that, I mean, that goes back to the dependence power stuff because I've had that problem where you think you can do it better and or somebody's not moving the way you think and you think you can take control and force them in a direction and that never works. It's always the opposite. So you just, yeah, it's learning to let the spirit be the one that does all that. So Yeah, and letting things be messy a little bit, you know, and being okay with it. Yeah. Last thing you said, you left us with, I thought was really excellent and I wanted to challenge everybody who listens with it. Um, was you asked us, are you struggling and fighting against your limitations or are you being content in your limitations? And I don't imagine there was a single person who walked out of TBC yesterday and was 100% like, nope, I am content in my limitations. I never feel frustrated at all that <laughs> there's not two of me. I love being limited. So there's probably growth for all of us in this. Yes, there is. Right? Um, maybe... Like, I'm a real practical person, Garen. I'm not real smart and theological. I'm very, like, pragmatic, and what are my baby steps? So maybe give us a few baby steps if someone walked out like, I know that I am fighting against my limitations. I don't want to. Give me, like, some easy steps to take this week. Some easy steps to take? Yeah, to, like, embracing the, the human side and just saying, you know what, I can't do it all. Yeah, I mean, that kind of, for me, was that, that journey, those three things, that... I had to work on getting from my head to my heart that I'm not God, like being content with that. And I really had to, to me, like embracing Jesus and His beauty, His embracing of that. So to me, it's like, I, I just did a lot of focusing on Him. Um, that's kind of what came out of this. I was working, you know, it's just time in the Word and trying, again, that question all the time, like, how do I find God beautiful here? Because the more beautiful I find Him, 
the more satisfying and all sufficient that really that really helps um yeah i mean other than that that this really was my journey into that into trying to grow in that i haven't thought more deeply about so probably nothing new and sexy and cutting edge about it it really probably is more we've got to find god more beautiful and so that means spending time with him and when we're well rooted in him then we won't feel that need to replace him to supplant him yeah as creator right yeah that's probably what it comes down to yeah um, and if we are so. spending time with him and we're still feeling this way maybe making sure that it is making its way from our head into our heart cuz so often we can read his word and it makes sense mentally and theologically but practically in our hearts it's not hasn't reached our affections yeah and then again to me this drives me back to the identity question that's why it's tied to that cuz i wrestled with this all last week you know, how am I doing with this right now? Am I struggling with my limitations? And, you know, the week before is where I talked about kind of disciplines, you know, detect and then disciplines to get me back in the right place. And to me, this is a detector is if I'm struggling with limitations, that means I'm living as an orphan. So I've got to get back up there. And I mean, I talked about that's abiding in Christ and that's, um, you know, the things to help remind me of who I am and all of that stuff. So even this second confession is a reminder just to stop and say, there is a God and I'm not Him. Mm. And I'm going to be happy with that. Yeah. Because when I, like you just said, when I try to be God, things don't go good. Mm-hmm. Right? So so it could be as simple as that, writing that on your mirror or a note in your car, I am not God, God is God. And just really getting that through our heads, because as simple as it is, we try and forget that. Yeah. I, I, I do, yeah. on a daily basis. It's very I try easy to forget that. Forget that. Okay, next week is the last identity yep. sermon, right? Last so, one. Are you? Have you ordered like the pyrotechnics yet? Or yeah, we're, yeah we've got the. Man, wa- are you going to enter be... like on a water slide, like shoot into the <laughs> pulpit? Like, what do you got planned? That's going to be super great. Fired out of a cannon into the into oh, the man. worship center, like yeah. Wow. Or I don't know, parachuting in. Yeah, but except I'd, I'd clunk on this. That's roof. a short fall from the <laughs> ceiling to the stage. I don't know if your parachute has time to open. That might end poorly. But what's our last one? What can we expect to hear from you? Yeah, just um, I really want to get deeper into especially the young generation, I really want to dig into like them getting a sense of why does self-constructing the identity not work? And then why Jesus is the bright center. We're going to go to John chapter 10. There's some really cool stuff there. But that's, I just want to make sure that people are leaving like with some good stuff as to why I can't build my own identity and why that is not going to lead me to joy and peace and happiness and shalom and all that, but it's actually going to lead me to a Life with lot full of struggle. Yeah. Okay. Excited to tie it up next week. Hope this has been helpful to you guys. Those cards, once again, if you didn't get one last week, hope you got it this week because those are really helpful to keep, not just for this series, but for your whole life, keeping your Bible because it's good. So appreciate you guys. Hope this has been good. We will see you next week.